Because there's so many broken people actually there. People who are broken by the church. Mm -hmm. People who are broken by the community. Mm. Because there's no, like, there's no acceptance. There's no space where you can feel safe. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So the one place they can actually go to is a place they're telling them do not go to. Because actually we have solutions. And the solution is giving them a hug, just embracing them and telling them it's okay. And yet then in, in faith spaces, yeah. to feel that, and the faith spaces have not given, you know, given my community that. Welcome to today's episode of the Evolve podcast. This is Evolve on the road, which means that I am not in Nairobi. I'm in the wonderful and beautiful city of Kampala. This happens to be a city that I love, lived here for a number of years, worked and led a church here. And I have some fantastic, fantastic friends uh, and family here. I love the food here. It's absolutely amazing. I want to thank all of you who are following and listening to our podcast where we have real honest conversations on life, faith, and change. And uh, today's episode is particularly special for me, not just because I'm in Uganda, but also because it's a friend of mine on the show, someone that I met here in Kampala, and uh, we've had a relationship for a number of years. And also, we're going to have a very interesting conversation here at Evolve. We have quite the difficult conversations, but this particular one is difficult for a number of reasons that I will be sharing with you. Nonetheless, we're people of courage, <laughs> and we're going to jump into it. Today's guest is my friend Pepe Julian Onjima. Did I say it right? Oh, perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the show. Where, where's Onjima from? Onjima is from West Nile, a small, tiny tribe called the Madi. It's in West Nile, Arua. So when I, when I say I'm going to Shags or Village, I go to Arua. I haven't been to West Nile. You haven't? No. And, and you've told everyone we are friends. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this, this friendship needs to be investigated. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. You, yeah, you were telling me you follow the show. And I do. I follow the show. I follow you. Yeah. <laughs> yes. You're doing amazing things, things that inspire me, things that help me answer or investigate or interrogate more things. Yeah. You're the program director at um, SMAG Uganda, Sexual Minorities Uganda. It's an umbrella organization that, that covers um, different other small organizations. Yes that do LGBT work. So our vision is uh, very simple, <laughs> a liberated LGBT community okay. in Uganda. Uh. So anyone who has similar, you know, mission or vision, then we work together. And, yeah. and what do you provide for, for those organizations? For us, because we're an advocacy organization, right. ours is about amplifying voices mm -hmm. that uh, are muted. Uh, in, in doing that, we have access to opinion leaders, to legislators, to uh, people who must make the change, yeah. which includes ourselves. So what the organizations do is provide us with information, uh, spaces for services uh, that might be needed, maybe counseling, HIV testing, treatment, and all that, whatever services, shelter right. uh, for, the, for, for the homeless, and the whole you know, service like industry um, for the marginalized uh, LGBT persons. Right. So ours is really to provide all those small things that are happening at the grassroots level, mm. a voice, mm. a platform, a space 
yeah. where and then we can demand safety, right. we can demand for space to be ourselves. Yeah. One of the things that I think for me is um, I've looked forward to to this, and I know we've we've talked about it. We we both have been anxious. We've had our, <laughs> our own anxiety and and apprehensions. It's because the whole the whole LGBTI question is such a hot issue, even outside of faith. Just generally, it's such a flame inducing <laughs> issue. <laughs> Yes, it's like running gasoline and there's a lighter somewhere. Back in the day, of course, there was black people, there was women. Yeah. You know, somehow, as generations progress, there has to be Mm. a community that must be marginalized. Right. So I feel that we are the current, (laughs) you know, we are the ones who are facing um, the current oppression. Right. But like you've said... Even outside of faith, mm. I think while women were being um, ostracized, while black people were being ostracized, LGBT people still were. Right. But now that we are gaining visibility, it's yeah. even worse. There's a big, a big word and, and a big claim that has come out, uh, and that claim is, and it's, and it, you know, exists a lot in the faith circles that there's a gay agenda. What, what would you say about that? LGBT people have existed since humanity began. You'll see that the way the Bible, you know, Genesis, mm-hmm. you know, talks about Adam and Eve, talks about a man and a woman. Yeah. And why I'm saying this is because you're talking about a, a gay agenda. Yeah. But I'm trying to go back to tell you that there's actually mm. a heterosexual agenda, which is in the Bible. From the scriptures, they say God created yeah. us in his image. Right. And then... Also, the way it says he, those, those, <laughs> those are conversations yes. that maybe we'll speak about um, right. along the way. Right. But there's that whole man and woman uh, from the start. Yeah. So when you're born, you are expected yeah. to live by those binaries because the Bible says so. But we are individuals. Mm-hmm. We make decisions. We have our own... Uh, I, 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 I like the name of this show, yeah. Evolve. <laughs> we have our own evolution that That's goes right. on with us. So there's no to-do list by right. the gay community to mm. say, you know, come and this is what you're going to do. You go to school. There's really no such agenda. Yeah. People are just either heterosexual, gay, trans, black, all sorts of things. Right. There's diversity. And right. because... We are raised mm. to see life in binary, right. wrong or right, mm. nothing in between, mm. you know. And it in between happens a lot because before you get to the next, right. there's an in between happening. But we're not paying attention to the in between. Mm. And for a long time, LGBT people have been in that in between. And people basically saying, don't talk about it. Yeah. So when visibility began, then the church, religious people then because they felt that was threatening the religious institution, they crafted something called the gay agenda. Mm. There's no such thing. There's no such thing. It's just LGBT people wanting to live their lives, wanting to live in peace, wanting to exist in, in the borders that yeah. they're born in. Mm. Um, I'm Ugandan. I just want to be Ugandan with all my diversity. You have an incredible story. You, your story went viral. You had two interviews. 
which I've happened to see. <laughs> One with uh, John Oliver, which I'm, I'm a fan of. John Oliver, love his show. And actually, that was off of another interview you'd had here in Uganda that featured a, a bishop or a pastor? Pastor. It was a, a pastor, yeah. A pastor. Of a community church at Makere. Yes. yes. Martin Semper. And holy smokes. I was, because I saw it. So I saw the. We were uh, acting. <laughs> <laughs> you need an Oscar for, for <laughs> you need an Oscar for that. It was incredible. Tell me about that a little bit. Those two interviews, and I and I guess primarily that that interview. What was that all about? So. <laughs> Let me start with the the one that should get the Oscar. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the NBS one. So it was at a time when the anti-homosexuality bill mm -hmm. was uh, all over the place. Yeah. And we were basically gagged, you know, in all sorts of media. We were, not, we were not allowed to do... Even when we approached media, they could not take our interviews. Some of them would actually have our interviews and then they would not be aired or written. Yeah. Uh, some of them would uh, prefer to pick news items from foreign media. Mm -hmm. So was picking more to the foreign media. And that bothered me a lot. Mm. Um, so anyway, uh, with the ground not being leveled, NBS, because NBS was still is trying to do you know extraordinary things, to do things differently. Right. So part of them trying to do some, something different mm. was hosting me. Mm. to speak about the bill okay uh, because the speaker of parliament had every you know last quarter of the year she keeps she, she kept on promising the bill as a, a christmas gift to ugandans mm. so this was at, at that heated time right this is the anti-homosexuality bill yes okay um which which now is not there anymore of course right. but right. at that time it was still a bill but there were threats of it passing. Okay. Eventually it did. Mm. So they called me to the show. Hmm. Preparations and so on. I'm a principled person. Right. I like to have... I'm not that strict, mm -hmm. but I like to be organized in things that I do. So we, we went over phone calls, you know, back and forth. Mm. So the, uh, one of the things that we agreed was that the anti-people have had enough space. Yeah. And that was actually the approach right. they came to me with. The NBS guys. The NBS guys. Right. So I was like, oh, wow. So I called a couple of people and I'm like, hey. Because they wanted me to confirm at that point. I said, no, 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 no. Hold up. <laughs> yeah. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll call me after two hours. Right. So I speak to my colleagues and they're like, whoa, it's a morning show. And then they're like, okay, since we've not had media space and you can handle it, none of us imagined <laughs> yeah. it would go the way it went. Yeah. Actually, the people who had said, yeah, I think you'll handle it, yeah. apologize. And I told them, you don't have to apologize. Well, that is kind of, you know, expected of yeah. Ugandan media anyway. So yeah. we agreed with NBS that the anti-people... Whoever they will be, they can call, but mm -hmm. they won't be physically in the studio. Right. So I, I get to the studio that morning. Of course, I prepared myself. I said a prayer. Mm. I 
I did push-ups. <laughs> I, I, I put out shoes that I can run in. Uh, wow. I, you know, I, I prepared my suit. I prepared everything. Yeah. Um, I wanted to look sharp, but mm-hmm. also sharp enough to run yes. in case I'm being attacked. <laughs> yeah. So that was my preparation. And mm. Just, you know, meditating, mm. working out so that mm-hmm. I'm, I'm fit for the show. Yeah. They didn't send me questions prior, even if I asked for them. Right. Oh, so yeah. you, you so you walked this in in the dark basically with the results yes <laughs> <laughs> clearly <laughs> yeah yeah so yeah. but but I had my own I'm right like, what do I want the public to know right right and in case their punches thrown at me mm-hmm. will I still be able to say the things that I prepared myself to say right so that's all I went with mm. yeah so I, I I let people know that I'll I'll, I'll be on the show mm. um I didn't. I didn't want it publicized because mm-hmm. it it would attract people maybe coming to the station right. to attack me and stuff. But right. hey, it still happened. Yeah. <laughs> so people were listening in and they were watching. So it was it was on Facebook. It was on Twitter, and people were like, "I think they got more views yeah. <laughs> of that particular show, or even the the the, the TV station yeah. that morning." Wow. Yeah. yeah. Um, and this is why, yeah. basically. So they're hosting, you know, an LGBT person. Right. And the person is, you know, swinging in this chair very confident. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, speaking their truth. Yeah. And people are just like, in you know, oh. Right. Because they couldn't believe it was happening live on TV. Hmm. And they couldn't believe I was actually there in, in flesh. They thought it was a pre-recorded mm. interview. And it was it was live. This is streaming live. Yes. Wow. Uh, and talking of streaming, it then had um, it was being broadcast on a, a local radio station simultaneously. Yes. So you're on TV live, and this is like in the morning. In the morning, the the, the show begins what? at eight. Wow! And then and it's on on radio as well. Yes. In the local wow. lounge in Luganda. In Luganda. Yo. And this, you see, Yo. when you say something in the local language, yeah, 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 powerful, yes, of course. So the commentator, the way he was saying things, uh, got people to come to the studio. I was trying to wait, so like people came because mainly because they had the radio comment, so they the came commentary. physically came to the station, they came to the station. Uh, but before I found, I found that out, oh, yeah, you found um, that later, so, yeah. So yeah, I agreed to go on the show and I want us to f- sort of first run over what we're going to discuss. Mm-hmm. And the host or the moderator or uncle of the show kind of could not make eye contact. He wasn't really like talking and I'm like, oh, I, I know he's kind, it's fine. Yeah. So I talked to his his his, his co-anchor, uh, Doreen. Hmm. Uh, and she told me that, it's going to be fine. Yeah. I'm like, I hope you guys are not planning on violating me. Yeah. You know, there was that sense that it's too good to be true. Yes. That there's no way they are going to allow me to be on the show for one hour yeah. without any interruption. Either someone is going to call from uh, Minister of Ethics office or even Semper himself yeah. would, uh, would, 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 you know, storm the studio. Yeah. But that was actually like the last thing. It, it sort of just a wave that just passed. Ah. But I knew he would call and insult me. Oh, and in a way, I was prepared for that. Yeah. And so I, what I told the co-anchor Doreen was that um, 
make sure you guys do not do that to me. Because, don't ambush me. Yeah, don't ambush me. At least let me know. Yeah. Pass me a note. Do something. Go in a break and tell me, you know, that this is going to happen. So that I prepare myself. Mm. I wasn't prepared for any of that. A phone call came in. Of course, he insulted me. And then uh, he came into the studio with so all he, his energy. I just had like, you know, this door here, like, boom. It's this man. And then he comes with 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 uh, a, vegetables. a seat, vegetables. And actually the seat was supposed to be Doreen's seat. And then I see him being mic'd up and everything. And I'm like, I think I remember telling uh, telling Simon, who was, who, was, who was the anchor that day, I remember telling him, you can't let me sit here with a hooligan. Yeah. I honestly feel he is. Yes. <laughs> yes, I remember. I, 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 yeah, and I, I got I got off because they had, uh, they had breached our agreement yeah. and they had put me in harm's way mm-hmm. in front of the country, in front this of is, the world because it was streaming this live. This is live. People. This is on live television. Yes. Man. So I walked out. Yeah. I walked out and... Uh, as just like I can't take this. Yeah. It's it's already the, the the Simon was trying to humiliate me through his questioning, through everything. Yeah. And I'm like, but I cannot take this one. Yeah. So like. Oh yeah, I mean the 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 whole thing. It was I mean, just. I mean the whole the whole interview. I mean, <laughs> it's it's it. I mean, I, I, we were talking about this, and I told you it's probably one of the most epic openings <laughs> ever of an interview. Pepe Julian Onzima, thank you for coming in. Thank you for Good morning. Morning to you. Why are you gay? He just turned and looked at you and said, "Why are you gay?" And I remember going like, "Whoa, <laughs> that must have been brutal." So how are you? What's going on with you right now? I mean, the, the, there's all this, all this is happening, and and Sampa is getting a bit worked up. Yeah. So something that I don't talk about much, and maybe I started opening up about it. Um, yeah. It was traumatizing. I'm sure it way. was. It was really traumatizing for a very I, long time. It's terrible, man. I um, I got up, so uh, I got upset. I got up and I was ready to leave. Mm-hmm. So I was unmiking myself. Yeah. And I walk into the reception hmm. of the studio of, of of this TV station, and it was packed. I hmm. couldn't use the door, but not that I was being stopped or blocked by people. Yeah. But. I had fans. <laughs> you had so fans? People, people, there was just this chorus of like, no, you can't leave. You're doing so well. Don't give him the platform. Oh. Three lines. Three lines. Hmm. I took a deep breath. I turned. My eyes were burning with tears. Yeah. Uh, I know for sure there were no tears of um, shame or fear or anything. There was just this joy and kind of safety I don't know there was something that just came over me that yeah overwhelmed me in a nice way mm. so I left my mic on um, and then when I was walking back there was a, a woman at uh, the reception mm. who you know was gay bashing yeah and you know waving the bible at me and so on but I took deep breaths and I went back to the show right and then <laughs> when I did I thought I thought the pastor had brought me some breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So he pulls out, you know, all these vegetables and fruit and starts demonstrating to Ugandans how I and my like have sex. Hmm. And 
that was really first for me it was like this is a morning show kids had just come back from school yeah um whatever I was discussing was I was not describing anything right but then this person with authority in the community yeah comes to the show where there are young people with their parents having breakfast and and, and so on yeah. and they start demonstrating sex acts sex acts like in that moment I might not have said it on the show but I was thinking I'm like surely and you guys think I'm the one who is a nutcase I'm the one Yeah. that Ugandans should not be listening to or even looking at. Yeah. And you prefer this guy. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Anyway, so that happened, of course, uh, you watched you, you watched mm-hmm. the show and he just went on and on and on. Uh, I stuck to my message. Yeah. I didn't want to, you know, engage him on because uh, because I I knew yeah. he was there to distract right people yeah that that was a very uh, and, and I mean I mean guys will look it up because I I think it's still online yeah. it's probably one of their most viewed uh, videos <laughs> uh, but it was very really disturbing it, it really is <laughs> <laughs> yeah um yeah but it's very disturbing uh, it was very really disturbing for a morning show but just yeah. generally the the whole thing was disturbing um but I think that I guess in a nutshell do you th- do you feel like that explains the whole vibe that people feel or have towards the the LGBTI community it does it does uh, because people who have access people who have power who mm-hmm. have authority yeah in my opinion constantly let uh marginalize people down mm. uh for the faith community yeah you know a person who has people trusting mm-hmm. him yeah with their lives with their vulnerabilities with their insecurities you know such a person when they speak mm-hmm. about those insecurities that you have yeah obviously people will listen yeah 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 i know for sure that there are so many lgbt people who used to go to uh sempas church yeah and i know that he's used some of the information right because there's so many broken people actually there mm-hmm. and this might sound like uh, an allegation or claims it's because anything that happens uh to lgbt persons in this country mm-hmm. ends up at smugs docket oh so we have to collect right you know data and information data and information but also to people who are broken by the church mm-hmm. people who are broken by the community mm. because there's no like there's no acceptance there's no yeah. excuse me yeah there's no space where you can feel safe mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so the one place they can actually go to is a place they're telling them do not go to because actually we have solutions right and the solution is giving them a hug just embracing them and telling them it's okay yeah and yet then in in faith spaces yeah to feel that and the faith spaces have not given you know given my community that here's why I'll tell you this doing this is, has been very tough for me and and well it's been in in one sense tough because i know that um the 
this is a difficult conversation to have because it's it's highly emotive. Yes. But at the same time, um, one of my persuasions, I've been a pastor for over 20 years. Uh, I've pastored in different African cities. I have the experience uh, of what pastoring is and started churches from scratch and built them up. Um, and I have the authority to speak into some of these areas. One of the things that has bothered me consistently um, is there's a dissonance I feel um, that exists when it comes to this conversation. Because it's either we, it's either love or hate. Mm. It's either black or white. It's either... It's the binary I was, you know, mentioning. That yes. There's no in between. There's, no one is dealing with the gray areas. Oh, yeah. But, but, but even more than that mm. is that even sitting down to have this conversation, the truth is, um, generally, as, as people of faith, the community of faith has not sat down and listened. We're bad at listening. And I'll be the first one to admit that we're bad at listening. Now, I think that if, if we can sit long enough to have a conversation, and I think th that's why this particular episode uh, with you is to say, are there things that the, the faith community needs to hear about the LGBTI question. Because here's what I think, Pepe. I don't think that conversation is going away. I don't... It's, it's not going to go away. I think the church of the future has to grapple with it. Um, the United Methodist Church in, in the U.S., I think, uh, has had a huge split over it. And I think they're still trying to grapple through what their stance is. Because there are those who say, you know, we, we, we are welcoming uh, people in the LGBTI community but we're not affirming them yeah. and we they do not have any role to play inside our circles. There are people who say, no, it's different. Mm -hmm. And it's a, it's a heart-wrenching conversation. And so for me, my persuasion is, is that let's just listen. Let's just be quiet long enough. Uh, let's, let's just do what Jesus would do and, mm -hmm. and pay attention. And so... You know, even in this my conversation with you, you know, it's gonna be like, okay, guys, can we just listen to someone who not only represents the LGBTI community but has lived that life, that has a story to tell, yeah. and so that's my motivation. So I'm gonna ask you questions. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And we have we have people listening from across the world. Uh, I I just want to let you know we have. Uh, we have people listening in the U.S. We have people listening in Kenya. I think Kenya has the biggest listenership right now. Uganda, I think, is second. Uh, in the U.S., we have New Zealand. We have, yes, we have, uh, we have Seychelles. We have Turkey. We have Nigeria. We have South Africa. It, it, you know, people are listening uh, across the globe. That's the end of this episode, which is the first part of my two-part interview with Julian Pepe Onjema, a trans believer from Uganda. In the next episode, I get to ask him some interesting questions. One of them is his journey towards a sex change, uh, what it means to be a gay believer, and what would the LGBTI community want the church and the non-gay world to know. You don't want to miss that. It's the next episode uh, on Evolve Radio Podcast. Please subscribe, like, and follow us, uh, Evolve Radio Podcast, and you can share it with your loved ones. I leave you now in the hands of one of Uganda's finest artists, Sam Chimera, performing a song, Slow Down, off of his album, Puzzle. 
Uh, you can always buy his music off of iTunes and support him. Thank you, Sam, for allowing us to use your music. And from me, it's goodbye. Don't fight if it's for the sake of fighting. We can find a better way to resolve our misconceptions of each other. You say this, but I hear the other. You might be reading in between lines that don't exist at all. He takes her hand and says, I can take a bullet for you. But lovers tend to shoot and kill without intending. She says the words but could never take them back. She'll apologize, but her words cut too deep. So he stays silent. He stays silent Slow down You're still the man who stole your heart You're still the girl of his dreams so Slow down You're still the man who swept you off your feet You're still the girl who took his breath away That won't change So don't fight if it's for the sake of fighting We can still find a better way To resolve our misconceptions of each other You say this but I hear the other We might be reading in between lines That don't exist at all So slow down You're still the man who stole your heart You're still the girl of his dreams So slow down You're still the man who swept you off your feet You're still the girl who took his breath away